Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that as of this viewing now immediately regrets having ever dined on venison my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we've been stretching for hours as we prepare to take a long look back at the year of 2018 with our top horror moments and horror movies but before we get in that let me remind you we're part of the boom howdy podcast network boom howdy you can find all of our past episodes at boomhowdy.com or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for nightmare junket in your itunes or soundcloud app Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your memory hole. And don't forget, you can follow our shenanigans on social media. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you can find us at Nightmare Junk. And if you're on Facebook, you can find us at Nightmare Junkhead. And it's come to this. Right. <laughs> so it's come to this. <laughs> Not necessarily a clip show per se. No, but the last. The last of 2018. And looking back, I can't believe that the entire year has passed. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's unreal. It's like mm-hmm. people saying Black Panther came out in 2018. That's insane. People and saying it's... Infinity War came out in 2018. And I'm like, no way. You know? So it's crazy how time flies. Yeah. There's a, and a lot of really wonderful things have gone on. As yes. crazy as 2018. 18 has been for many people you know that's the one thing that we always kind of make sure that the podcast is full of positivity exactly in your life there may be more downs than ups but be grateful for the ups indeed and we are here to celebrate all of the ups and the highs that was the year of 2018 here in the world of horror and this was actually a pretty banner year yes there was some great stuff that came out there was rubbish but there was some great (laughs) there was some great great stuff no and we're definitely going to give our thoughts on all that um and what we're going to eventually do and what we've always done within the past few years with our best ofs is always kind of break it down to movies and moments Mm -hmm. and sometimes those things cross together obviously yes but that's the one thing that always sticks out to us you the movies that we see and then you know either the moments that are created or stuff that kind of happens outside horror adjacent if you will right but those moments that really stick out to us so i think what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and start with our now i'm saying it's not a top five for me no this is just five favorite horror films of 2018 yes i hardly agree and if we're doing this episode that you know the day before the day after it could totally change Mm -hmm. which is why we're including some honorable mentions yes yeah (laughs) rather than you know you know taking away from a lot of the films that we saw and, uh, you know, we didn't reveal our, our list to each other yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious if uh, if one of, like, my is on your honorable mentions, we'll just go right into it. So do you want to start with your honorable mentions? I got a lot more honorable mentions than I realized. Um, That's good. That means there were a lot of films that were tough to just bottle down to five. And I think one of my honorable mentions might be on one of yours. So I, I'll go into it. I'll go. I'll go. I'll start. Um, this one. Okay. This one I know you didn't see because, uh, but... This movie, it's it's to put it on paper, it's really difficult to like really get a grasp on it. It's a lesbian, it's a Brazilian lesbian werewolf family horror drama. Put it on the side of a van, and I'm following it. Exactly right. It's that. so weird. It's almost two movies in one. It's called Good Manners, and it's about this um, woman in Brazil who's trying to a single mom, and she hires. 
a nanny. Mm-hmm. Well, but while the while she's pregnant, to come and kind of help her around the house, kind of like you know, just helping a pregnant woman out. So the first half is that. Then all of a sudden, everything is cool. But then, like, they started kind of falling in love, and everything is even cooler. Then the pregnant woman starts getting cravings for raw meat. And then, then that's only half the movie. The other half is after the kid is born. And so, it's it's really touching. It's one of those horror movies. Because it's, it's definitely a horror movie. Because, one, it's a fucking werewolf, is, right? Is, is it horror with a heart? Yes, it's horror with a heart. But definitely check it out. Because it's really, really dope. I'm I, You you mentioned it a lot. Um, it's definitely one I will seek out. In fact, I I don't think it's playing at Panic Fest. Uh, I saw something. It was... Not I was looking at it was good manners, good manners. Nope, not on my list, but maybe one we can ideally get over there as yes. well. Uh one on my uh honorable mention <coughs> here, and it's <laughs> I'm only gonna mention it because they you know they were kind enough to let us have a little sneak peek at it. Uh the episode kind of fell through, but uh Puppet Master the Last Reich. Yes. I couldn't even in good good, you know, spirit. It's offensive. It's a, it's a tough movie to watch. <laughs> when it offends even one genius McGee, you know you've done something. <laughs> You're right. And there were multiple times throughout that, that screening, it's like, Ugh. Yeah. Gorehounds are going to love it. It does 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 not disappoint. Right. The pra- and practical gore as well. Yeah, practical effects. It was cool. I dug it. And practical yeah. puppets. But yeah, just it just the and this is one by Craig Ar- Craig's uh, Craig Arzeller. Yeah, Craig. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> the puppets uh, explode upon impact. <laughs> always in frame with with people though. <laughs> right. Uh, no, uh, Craig uh, uh, Zoller, who's responsible for um, you know Brawl and Cell Block Nine. Yeah. Uh, Bone Tomahawk. He he wrote it. Uh, which, you know, I was, and given the kind of the pedigree of his work, I was yeah. really looking forward to it. It's a mixed bag. It's definitely one to experience. Yes. Do yourself a favor, watch it. Just know, you know, there's some there's some stuff to it. There's an edge to it, mm-hmm. if you will. A razor's edge. <laughs> Very much so. Another one, and this was a more mainstream horror, but made a lot of money, and one I really enjoyed, but was A Quiet Place. I did not see that. It, it, it was there for a while, but yeah. It's one that really benefits from seeing in the theater because the whole premise of it is that these aliens react to sound. And we're very lucky here, and this is in my top moments, uh, Just we have a you know an Alamo Drafthouse, we have Screenland, uh, two really good franchises here, well, you know, local, that, but they encourage good etiquette. Yeah. You know, I hear all the horror stories from other <sighs> fans about how, you know, screenings of other films are ruined based on other people's reactions. But this is amazing because this is a film that inspires quiet because it's so well crafted that you are trying to be quiet yourself so you don't produce any like I was trying to eat popcorn and there were moments I could yeah no it was it was oh it was incredible so at the Alamo it was wonderful but I even heard like people said the normal places I would you know frequent they were dead silent you know based on the power of it wow and it also has one of my all-time favorite endings of a horror movie this year straight out of the finale of angel if that gives you kind of a hint mm. but it's definitely one oh let's, let's get to work it's definitely cool. one it's worth, well worth your while okay. if you want to rent it now so it. so it's even though it's pretty dope on the big screen it would be a good at i think it still would absolutely yeah. In the no. dark, quiet, yeah. yeah. There's some good, also some some squirming moments in there as well nice. that are that are well worth your time. And no, I do, I would definitely check that one out. That one was a lot of fun for me. Um, speaking at home in the dark alone, this one is a good Netflix nasty honorable mention. Um, 
I really enjoyed the shit out of Cloverfield Paradox. I dug the shit out of it. And you know what? It was brilliant because it came on the Super Bowl and it was like, in two hours, you can see the brand new Cloverfield movie for free on Netflix. Here's the trailer. It looks dope. And it fucking did. And sure enough, as shit, I was like, you know, the, the sports ball be damned. I'm over there like waiting for like, okay, it's time for Cloverfield, time for Cloverfield, you know, because I didn't know what to expect. And I was pleasantly surprised pleasantly surprised and it explained people are like, oh it didn't fucking explain shit it explained everything if you just paid attention it's incredible well, it's really funny you mentioned the way they actually unleashed it upon yes. the world that is so unique and something that they can really do well with netflix and the fact that it was a continuation of not necessarily specific stories but set in that whole cloverfield universe mm-hmm. now i i still haven't seen it yet I've heard if I dig Event Horizon and Sunshine, I'll probably enjoy it. But it's totally family friendly. Okay, it's if 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 Amblin did Event Horizon. Okay, I yeah, wasn't that Super Eight or uh, something like that? Yeah, but like think more horror and think more space and more like fuckery. Okay, I, I there I've got a laundry list of things that I still need to see. I know we need a whole another another 2018 to see all this shit. No, there is all sorts. So I do have a few others that are on my honorable mentions, but I'm going to kind of put them at the end, actually. Okay. Then they're not even dishonorable, but kind of book in there. Yeah. So do you want to go ahead and start off with your first of our just right now five favorites from mm-hmm. 2018? Sure thing. Um, this one I kind of went in blind. But I know this is going to be on your list. I know this is going to be on your list. Um, I was not expecting this movie to be what so fuck and have so wonderful things in it. It had Thurman Merman. It had <laughs> Buffalo Bill. And it had fucking Cheddar Goblin. This movie, this movie was an experience. And, like, it's not on my experience moments because, like, it, but... This one was wild. I'm talking about Mandy. Mandy and, you know, with a lot of these, always encourage go and check out, you know, listen to the original episodes. But ultimately, this is on my list. Mm -hmm. This also was going to be my cheat. The last one I was going to mention because it transitioned to my favorite moments. No, no, that's perfect because you talked about uh, kind of a moment of yourself. Yeah, for me, Mandy, it's one of my favorite experiences movie wise, because as I talked about before, I went in totally blind to that movie i knew it had nick cage i knew he was yeah. going up maybe against a cult and that's all i knew i didn't know who else was in it you know and so when i set back that first time and like you know the the king crimson song kicks in i'm like oh cool prog rock okay you, 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 <laughs> we know yeah that's good let's continue and then and bill duke as carruthers that that's minute that you know three minutes in i'm just like okay that's such a wonderful surprise i'm so and then i just rode the rest of the wave as indulgent as it was as long as it was i savored every just indulgent pretentious you know cosmatos bite i loved it and then the very next day <laughs> yeah i was like you guys need to go and see this one i was gonna say you had this wonderful experience it was very meditative and all wonder and like relaxed and then you invited us. You know, <laughs> you know shit's gonna go down when you got all three of us riding around, pounding around in a fucking movie like Mandy. Well, Holy shit! And that's <laughs> what makes it so much better. Was that next time watching it with you guys, the the moment you all giggled, from, <laughs> sandwiches from the Thurman Merman introduction. And the beauty of it was, what was so funny was when you guys both started laughing, I instinctively, (laughs) undoubtedly knew what you were laughing about, and I was so 
shocked that I didn't make that, you know, connection the first time I saw it when I was by myself. But I dare invite, you know, genius and you know Mount Baldy on my shoulders there. But it made it, but it made the experience that much better. And again, because and again, what kind of this is a peripheral film that I kind of watch like to watch people react as yeah. well because there's a lot of moments in the movie that are very. Cheddar Goblin out of nowhere. The, the Cheddar Goblin, and it comes at that right moment where right. you need like a you little bit need of a little bit of because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was some hardcore shit, and then Nick Cage like huh, Cheddar Goblin. Well, in, in that transitions into his big moment where a lot of people are like he's going to rage cage. Just like no, no, he's like there's some real pathos happening. He it's, rage caged to the point where he went beyond transcended, cage, transcended, and became an actual good. I mean, he's always been a good actor, yeah. but he's hammed it up. But at that point, in that moment, I was like. Oh wow! I you, feel you, so hard for you. You do feel you know, bad like, for the oh, character. Yeah, this and, was great, and that's the best thing. You know, you get a film that features you know Nick Cage forging his own battle axe. Fucking rad, dude! And, and, <laughs> the Klingon glaive. It's and that should if that doesn't sell you on the film or if that turns you away from the film, that's totally cool. I understand because yeah. this is a polarizing film. There are horror fans that I know did not enjoy it. Uh, there are Nick Cage fans that I know did not enjoy it. Yeah. But I, for one, just totally embraced it. Uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, that was one of my favorite ones there as well. Mandy. Yeah, Mandy. Uh, and you know, and the fact that you don't get the title sequence till like halfway through. Right. And it turns into this crazy metal cover, which the entirety of the film is. And the and this, uh, uh, Cenobikers. The Cenobikers. Ah, uh, Ellis Demons, you cannot get any better than those guys. Um, now, mine actually is in total contrast, my first film and the, my favorite five here. And this is one that the fr- we've talked about hype. Mm-hmm. With Mandy, there was hype. Lived up to it, thankfully. But for us, a lot of the times, hype can really hurt. Yes. You know, whether it's through the festivals, whether it's just word of mouth through people that we, you know, whose opinions we respect. Uh-huh. You know, there's a lot of weight put on those so i've always tried to go in with low expectations even with hype from films and this one that cracked it i've seen it twice now the first time i really liked it but man then the second time something really just hit me right and anna and the apocalypse is in my top five nice yeah it's nice it's it's one of those films that again i people i respect said you're gonna love it blah blah, blah. and i've heard that before with a lot of films that i've liked you know uh-huh. i've had that with those films though that i've have loved and this is why I enjoy musicals. Yeah. You, you know, you just listen to Nerds and Nostalgia. We go into that all the time. <laughs> but it's not too often in the horror side. Not, it's not uncommon, but not too often when you get to mix those paths, especially nowadays. Yeah. And anytime you can bring something a little bit fresh to the zombie genre. Yeah. You're the more power to you. And the um, the Hollywood ending song is just beautiful. It's one that gets stuck in my head. And it's one that I want to sing along with. And it's tough for me, especially now that I'm getting older, when you get a teen film. Right. You know, identifying with teens anymore. But, you know, there are certain archetypes that transcend teenness. Mm-hmm. That you can always still be an alienated person that feels, you know, on the outside of the bubble. That's, that's you're good. whether you're 40, 20, 60, 80, you'll still have, you know, feelings like that. So you can still identify with a lot of that. And then you add the peppy songs on top and then the gore that's not over the top no but well placed yeah. and well done too yeah. it was it's, very I, good gore i think this could be a good transition film for a normie to bring him to a horror film yeah yeah you know? 
Especially it's, like a, like especially a theater normie. Yes. You know? well, and that's the thing. I think this is a good theatrical experience. Um, this is one that's, I think, definitely going to find a crowd once it hits Blu-ray and streaming. Because uh, it had a limit, limited theatrical oh, very release. Limited. Yeah, very. But you know what? I guarantee in two or three years there's going to be like a traveling. Oh, guarantee. Of course. Of course. You know, like I'll, Evil I'll, Dead the Musical. Hopefully or I'll be able to host some of those. <laughs> some uh, sing-alongs. Yeah, but this is one I saw initially at uh, Alamo Drafthouse, and then I saw again at Screenland Armor. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you guys for being able to provide that to different theaters in the area providing that it's a good thing i need to see that again that was a great movie check it out again i like i said i liked it the first time but that second time having been familiar with some of the beats i just really was able to kind of get a washed in it and yeah it was a hollywood ending (laughs) yeah i don't want any spoilers but that's a that's a it was that was a that was a very wise choice ending yeah very wise choice. yeah you could have really alienated yeah an audience but they made a very good choice it worked well Okay, so this movie we're gonna get. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get flack for. That's not real horror. It's more sci-fi than anything, but bullshit. Because we did a whole episode on it and we justified ourselves. So, this movie came out of nowhere. I didn't. I was expecting something a lot more yep. crazier. I was expecting more action than I got. <clears throat> and normally that would piss me off when I'm not getting my action. But they gave me story. It gave me thinking things. This movie, <laughs> it gave me it gave me the thinkings. Uh, <laughs> this movie, Upgrade, was like a feature-long Black Mirror episode, and it was great. It's it their take great. on a revenge movie. Yeah. It's that was Cyber also, revenge. I This was in my honorable mentions, and I didn't mention it because I had a feeling, because I remember it really made an, uh, an impact, and it's made an impact on me as well. It's I definitely think it's more horror adjacent. Yeah. But I've got but, a horror adjacent on my list as well, <laughs> so I'm all for this. This is one I definitely think is a thinking man's revenge, revenge film. film. Yeah. Know? Sci-fi revenge. Cause like and you know what? I was even thinking about it the other day. It would that ending with two was fucked up. Stem is yeah, that was a gut punch. That was Stem a, is a evil badass. Evil badass. It would definitely go <laughs> Robo McPoyle. <laughs> another another instance of having that shared byline of humor and those references and those references implanting them on the modern pop culture when immediately like I think you may even I don't know if you're like Robo McPoyle or whatever it's like yep I think that's where we we're all going but it fits it perfectly but it adds to the creep factor because <laughs> yeah. he makes a really good baddie. He's a great baddie and he's got badass weaponry and just like yeah, those little snot rockets, man. Fucking Upgrade was badass. It was a great action movie. It was a great sci-fi movie and it was a great like think piece. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz I mean, it's some there's some existential shit going on there and that can be a very tight uh, rope to walk and for a first timer, mm-hmm. did great. And Logan Green, his uh, his performance, I thought was wonderful. Actually, I've been a big fan of him since the invitation. Uh, I had fun with it. It was definitely a surprise, and one I'm glad we saw in the theater. Yes. Because I'm too old now for like cred of movies that I saw in the theater, you know, <laughs> like I'm glad I saw Robocop in the theater at such a young age. Uh, but this is one I'm glad I caught in the theater because this again, this is another one I think will definitely catch on yeah. once it hits Blu-ray and streaming. Absolutely. But you no, know, fantastic choice. Um, now, my next one actually is going to it's also a Netflix nasty. And it's one I came to recently. Uh, I'd heard all about it. And that's the one thing um, just I'm I'm still we are obviously still fans of physical media. Right. Promote it by it whenever we can. But hey, um, if you can only watch it on Netflix, watch it on Netflix. And I highly recommend checking out The Ritual on Netflix because I still gotta watch that. 
Well, this is where the venison comment comes from, because if you aren't afraid, if you do not want to become a vegan or a vegetarian after this film, you've got you've got a strong stomach. Uh, this is if you took equal parts, I'm going to say, and we're going to blend it really nicely, actually. So mm-hmm. nothing is going to actually overpower. But if you take some Blair Witch with the Evil Dead huh. uh, with, let's see here, we're going to add the Wicker Man. Huh. And then we're also going to, oh, we've got, uh, there's some other ones that I want to add in there, but you, it's, a, it's a monster movie. Ooh. And it features one of the coolest and just creepiest creatures I've seen in quite some time. Ooh. Okay. 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 It's, it's got a Lovecraftian feel to it. Uh, this is one, though, that, and I've heard plenty of people say it, and I cannot agree with them more. And this is the thing that's upsetting with a lot of these Netflix films, as you don't get to see them in the theater, because this is one, the way it's shot... Uh, just some of the, the the cinematography, they're lost in the woods, the woods themselves become a character. It's one that would really benefit from seeing in the theater. Uh-huh. So if you can, see it as big as you can, as loud as you can. The ritual deserves to be on your queue. Check it out. And it also features the lead. He's actually in Shaun of the Dead. Ritual. He's, he is the one that's like... Um, you got red on you. The the the, oh. the, uh, the slacker employee. Yeah, yeah. Like, all grown up. Keep, keep also, your pants on, granddad. A little bit of the descent as well. Ooh, dude, dude, fucking, I'm sold right there. I was like, I was listening, and I'm like, okay, the ritual, writing on my notes, because that sounds dope, it, dude. It really is worth your time. I really enjoyed it. It was a nice surprise, um, and like I said, the the creature work and some of the scares involved are wonderful. It it's it's a good one to see, um, and like I said, there's also just a reveal of the creature initially. That is, just, it. It'll give you the heebie-jeebies. Nice. Like sincerely, it'll keep it'll st- keep you away from venison, because my dad was a hunter growing up, and we would eat deer. Right. Uh, deer steak all the time. I just didn't think of it as anything weird. I just assumed all families did it. Right. Meat. And, meat. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was going down the Texas Chainsaw Massacre road pretty early. Greg will hunt. <laughs> <laughs> but I, whenever I would mention it to other people, they'd be like, "Oh, your your family's weird." I'm like, "Well, why are we?" But now, after watching this one, I need to atone for my sins. I need my dad to watch it so he can get freaked out. But yeah, it's whoo, creepy. Very creepy, but well worth your viewing. Yeah, check it out, The Ritual. Huh, that sounds dope. I'm going to make sure I eat some ribs while I'm watching. <laughs> oh, boy. Hom, hom, hom. <laughs> Just begging, begging to be, be uh, antlered there. <laughs> okay, so this next one. Um, let's see. I'm saving the last two because they kind of blend into each other. And this one's kind of a standalone. Um, normally some remakes are really good. I mean, well done. Um, for like Friday the 13th was, I'm a big You're fan a of. You're a huge champion right, of that. The Blob is a good one. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of, uh, remakes that are pretty bad, right? But I'm not going to go into that. But what's something about a remake is it's weird when it's not quite a remake. It's more of a continuation. And when... They first announced the Halloween, new Halloween. I was really hesitant, but then I saw the trailer and I got excited. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, John Carpenter's doing the music. You know, he gives him his full-on blessing. And I went in with no expectations at all. And I was pleasantly surprised. The new Halloween, Halloween 18, I thought was a fantastic... Uh, it was. It's, it's, I wanted to call it a remake, cause it's, but it's not. But it was... What do we say? It was uh, uh, Halloween is to the Halloween as uh, Force Awakens is to uh, oh, a New Hope. New Hope. So where you're hitting some of the the same beats, familiar tropes, and I 
for me, I didn't see as much of that in there because I'm I'm hyper aware of it now because when I did first see the Force Awake Force Awakens, that was the first thing, and I didn't see it as a negative. I'm not one of those fanboys, right? I actually embraced it because I'm like, okay, that's familiar. We need that back in the yeah. franchise, and I can understand them doing that because at this point, this many films into a Halloween series. Sometimes you do have to course correct, ignore some of the other ones, and mm-hmm. go from an established classic. Right. And I thought they did it well. Yeah. I mean, and that's another thing that was like, okay, how are they going to do this with ignoring all the other timelines and ignoring all the other stuff, you know? And it was just a throwaway line. Oh, that was just an urban legend right. or whatever. And I was like, okay, I and, see what you're doing. And there was some genuine scares. Oh, and I really like the scares. Michael Myers was mean again. Make Michael mean again. <laughs> and the ancillary characters, the peripheral characters, you cared about. This yeah. was a well-crafted story. It wasn't just your basic schlock. It was like a, I enjoyed the character arcs that they went, and especially uh, Laurie Strode. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, what was the kid's name? Uh, the babysitter. The, oh, the little little dude. Yeah, yeah. He man. was great. He was fantastic. I thought it was funny, it was scary, and it was what I would like in a Halloween movie. That's just it. Would you consider this? Does this, you know, this is in your Halloween? I would say I would go, yeah, if I'm going to show a Halloween marathon, let's say I'm going to do Halloween, in my thinking of sequential order, it'd be OG, number two OG, Halloween 2018, and then four, five, six. I think it's right. I think it would make a good trilogy because it would fit in the story well, and that's what I liked about it. It fit the OG one well. And I do like the fact that we do get to address the whole PTSD of surviving that yeah. incident, which you do also do in a Halloween H two O, and you technically also do in Halloween two zombies. True, which but I there's different different avenues of therapy. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? This is like the the choose your own therapy one. Do you want to go to this psychologist? This psychologist? This psychologist? So zombie psychologist guaranteed is going to do something to your Some brain. Weird or Freudian eye shit. Yes. You know, it's not going to be pleasant. No. <laughs> no, that's actually, that was another one that was on my honorable mentions. I even talked about it. I didn't feel we needed something new in the right. Halloween franchise. But like you said, they made Michael scary again because he wasn't fixated on Laurie Strode. It was happenstance. He was going about, as he was released, killing regardless. You know, you had to have that intervention for them to come face to face again, which mm-hmm. I love the moment. Uh, just the the final image of all the Strode women together. I was I was into it. I definitely had a good time with it. Um, now, this next my, the next one on my list. This is my horror adjacent pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also definitely a Shutter shout out. Is it is streaming on Shutter right now? Uh, this is one I was I did see in the theater uh, over at the Draft House, and this is another one that came with a lot of hype from the festival circuit. And I'm I'm kind of give or take on the whole revenge genre, mm-hmm. depending on how they're produced and put together, because you know some of them can be very schlocky, right? Super exploitive. This one, however, and it's in the title, it's revenge. Uh, Caroline, I'm gonna Carol. Uh, it's uh, Coralie Fargo. She, oh, this is such a powerful film, and it's one that's so weird because there's some reprehensible stuff happening. But then as you get with the revenge feel, when the comeuppance happens, it's fantastic. But the nice. journey that these characters take, I'm convinced they're in, they're in a different world. They're in a parallel universe because the amount of like punishment they take, the amount of bloodletting that happens, it's on a next level. Which, again, it's a movie, of course. So right. it's hyper-stylized. But man, this one has elements of Mandy just with the beautiful... The cinematography is just lush. Mm-hmm. Uh, the score is phenomenal. It's uh, kind of got a little bit of synth to it. And the lead character, 
uh, Matilda Anna Ingrid Lutz. What? Um, I wanted to make sure I got that in there. She is amazing in it. There's a moment in the film that, and I kind of wish I could have seen this in a midnight setting because I saw it with three other people. <laughs> and I couldn't do it, but there's a moment where I really felt like in a midnight setting, people would have gotten up and reacted. Yeah. Because there's this, there's this birthing sequence, and this is not a spoiler, but there's this birthing sequence, basically, this whole rebirth scene that, watching it the second time, I realized that like the cave, this like cave she's in looks like a birth canal. Yeah. Like just So there's this heavy symbolism going on, but man, when the, when the violence hits, it is some of the most gruesome and squirm-inducing violence that you will see. Is it like Grindhouse-ian? Yes and no, mm-hmm. um, but it's stylized really well. But, man, you, you get behind everything that's going on. When the bad guys get it, you're into it. But, like, there is a last chase in here that is, like, something straight out of American Psycho. And <laughs> the first uh, film in my list, uh, no, technically the second that features full frontal male nudity which we're going to get around to again later. Uh, but no, check it out on Shudder. It's um, well worth your time. Super stylized, which is awesome, but doesn't take away from the film. Definitely a horror adjacent, but horror enough, you should check it out. Nice. I definitely want to check it out. I just it, Do I need a strong stomach for it? No. Well, gore-wise, yes. Mm-hmm. On the rape revenge side, it's not as bad. It's still a rough scene, but not nearly as bad as some of them out there. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, um, so this one we got lucky to see at Panic Fest. Actually, my next two we got lucky enough to see at Panic Fest. Um, this one, it's another entry in a franchise, um, a modern franchise, actually. Uh, Adam Green's Victor Crowley. <laughs> this movie, especially in the theater, because that was part of the experience, was so much fun fun this was it was like you definitely tell written and directed by adam green because it had a style of sensibility a lot of male nudity <laughs> and speaking it, of right that was the, that and, and like levity right and the gore and the violence and a good story it was a good continuation of the uh, victor crowley mythos i and, really enjoyed it and an ending that really made you stand up and cheer yes and i will say this um you know being a listener of the movie crit podcast and knowing the journey that Adam has gone through at this point, just dealing with his divorce and you know the the death of um, of Dave. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my God, Otis Rungus. Yes, from Holliston. You know all the things that he went through at a really rapid succession of time, and then him finally dealing. You know, coming out and talking. I mean, it's been very inspirational. But if you and you can see all of that in the film, it's like such a very personal tale. Yes. So, which is so funny because I mean, ultimately, it is. It's, it's a, a Victor Crowley movie. It's it's like, yeah, it's a slasher, monster in the woods. And if you don't know any of that at all, it doesn't take away from it. No. But man, when you know that, you just add to that personal level and you know how it was inspired through his interaction with George A. Romero. Yeah. All of those things, it's just like that's a pretty powerful film. And these and they're not just fodder. I mean, they're funny. Oh. They're funny, they're hilarious, and they're gonna die. You know they're all gonna die, but you don't expect the amount of pathos that you get in this movie. Tiffany Shepis. Yes. Oh she was oh. great. And then again on the other on this side we're like, oh, it's a sad movie. You're gonna be but then the gore uh, Abel Ferret. No, <laughs> when he goes through Angela, oh, uh, Felicia. Oh man, Felissa Rose has a death that is guaranteed to shock, 
keep your it'll keep your phone yes. out of your hands yes it will um, no talking no te- that's what they should do with the alamo like you talk you text victor Crowley's gonna come and fucking fuck you up just <laughs> definitely only on the midnight showings i think will they run that bumper no this was a f- like you said it was such a fun movie because i had a chance we had the chance fortunately when we saw it during the rolling road show mm-hmm. um and see and get like you said seeing it with a crowd there is something about that whole communal experience you get in a theater that you can get at in a home theater setting, but not with a full, just bloodthirsty crowd. Yeah. Having fun. People that get those kind of movies. Um, just a good, yeah. Fantastic choice there. Fantastic choice. So my next one, and technically my last on the list, because we already talked about uh, Mandy, can definitely be summed up with one particular thing. Mmm. <laughs> and this is a film I know you did not like. I did, and I, I didn't I, care much for that. No, and that's why I gave it. I watched it again. Mm. I watched it again, and mm-hmm. for me, Hereditary cemented itself even further in my psyche. This was a film that inspired such dread the first time I saw it, and again had this one also had a lot of hype. But I think that may have hurt it a little bit more for you than it did for me. Yeah. Because I, and maybe I'm just a sucker, but I bought it hook, line, and sinker. And watching it again, just Tony Collette's performance in that film, I think alone deserves a spot on my list because it is just so harrowing. I watched, I teared up the first time watching it. I cried again the second time. And it's the everything that she's going through. And again, so much good horror for me is one where they're channeling and how you're de- and dealing with trauma mm-hmm. and all the things that happens, the variety of ways you can deal with it or if you don't deal with it. And when you can then craft a really cool horror movie around it. And yeah. for me, I really enjoyed what they did. And here we get more full frontal male nudity. A lot. And a because lot, it's a lot a, old dog. <laughs> because it's a satanic movie, it's old. You're right. <laughs> well, I know all the Satanists are old. How come there can't be like hot Satanists? I mean, Which, I'm sure there are, but not in the movies. Oh, no, you know? never in the movies. But in, in a weird way, looking at three of the five movies in my top five all have full frontal male nudity. <laughs> so I think ultimately that 2008 was the year of the dong. Your year of the dong. Yeah. There's a few films that are on my honorable mention that are not horror that involved male, frontal male nudity. There was a there was a lot of dick swinging in 2000. And I only mention it because that's something you do you don't see. No, don't. And then all no, of a sudden, 2018 is like, hey, there's there it is, guys. And whether it's good, right? You know, and I'll say this in revenge, the ladies will probably appreciate it. It's a very, you know, the the, the there's the it's good dong. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's better than you, what you would get in Hereditary. It, it, right, better than what you'd get in and Victor Crowley. Crowley. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and, and then Mandy, suck it. Ah. And that when that laughed, man. And there's <laughs> oh, such a good film. But um, no, Hereditary really stayed with me. Um, th- that whole, like, the spoiler alert, the girl's demise has such, like, an Argento feel to it from how it happens to the reveal and then the setup and the possession angle, I dug that. I really appreciate it because I could see how Tony Collette's character is trying to to deal with it. This in Gabriel Byrne, or Gabriel Byrne, <laughs> and that whole thing. Yeah, it's it's it, that was rough to watch. And knowing what to look for the second time, it made me appreciate it a little bit more. I I still I still really dug it. So yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you on the fact that Tony Collette's performance was amazing up until the up until the flousing. She no, ooh, was yeah. she was she was fantastic. But for and, and and you know what? This is a positive show. So that's an awesome pick. All right, now your final then. 
This one I have to. I think I. It was in no sequential order, but I think this one for me was my favorite movie of 2018. So much I seen it in the theater twice on two separate occasions in 2018. This one's horror adjacent. What happens if you get Quentin Tarantino, right? You put him in, you get his universe, but you throw in luchadors and almost um, the most depraved shit you can think of. You make, and, and heart-wrenching shit, hard situation shit. You put it in a blender and hit just frappe. You get low life. This movie was... <laughs> amazing i fell in love with this movie the first time i saw it and i was like okay i'm gonna cool about that because i don't want to get burnt but then i saw it again for film club it was phenomenal so i was there for that first screening we were lucky enough to do a q a with the, the the crew and cast afterwards we actually hosted in our luchador masks right which you know stayed in character el soy monstero um <laughs> el legado <es> todo. <laughs> and how did it play then the second time great same thing Okay, so at the film club, we'd like, what did you think? What did you think? And everyone's like, oh, that was fucking amazing. There's a couple of people like, I fucking hated it. And like, okay, cool. That's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. No, and this it is, a, is not for everybody. That's the thing. There were so many interestingly divisive films yes. in both of our lists that, again, some non-horror fo- or even horror folks probably may not dig it. Mm-hmm. But this one, if you go with the ride, and what a ride it is, man. It is funny. It's sad. It's action. It's got good pathos, good characters, and they mix so well together. And the acting from Nikki Michaud. Yeah, she's wonderful. She was amazing. So, Low Life. Cannot cannot recommend that enough. I think Scream uh, put that out on Blu-ray, so pick it up with the uh, extra features or take a listen to our episode where you can get a little bit of, you know, behind it because it sounded like a, a blast to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my first moment was seeing Mandy on the big screen, mm-hmm. uh, that whole experience. Now my second one, and this ties into, uh, you've already talked about it, but Panic Film Fest. Yes, that's on mine. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I admit it, I'm a big podcast listener. I've got my, you know, weekly routines that I do set to weekly podcast. And on Monday, the movie crypt, that's part of been part of my life now for many a years. And when you do something like that, when you listen to them and it's with Joe and Adam, they've got such a good chemistry, you know, you feel like you could get involved in the conversation. Right. And then when you see them perform live, it's like they're performing for you. It's kind of surreal. Dude, you didn't even see them live. You got to like help them live, man. Oh yeah, they they recorded on my laptop. So, right. which is the reason why I kept going back in the back because I was I was so I've lost episodes before, and I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy that. And they had a great episode. Adam and Tim were brought on first, which I didn't realize. So seeing two of my friends go up and talking to him was great. Yeah, Ted Gagan, the guys from Low Life. Uh huh. It was just wonderful, and you know the fact that adam had already gone he had gone through this, some unfortunate like pirating issues beforehand yeah, right before and just played it off man actually incorporated it within to the show which is perfect because it fits with their themes and you got crazy love from arwen oh yeah that was <laughs> everyone got crazy love from arwen but you know it was it was just so much fun and that's the thing getting a chance to meet with them work with them talk yeah. with them you know they're just good Good people, absolutely. Could they're, not agree. Highly they're one enough. of us, but just super talented. Mm-hmm. And it was refreshing. It was nice. Um, they're just. It, it was a fun experience. Like I said, it was kind of surreal because I've, so much of my life is spent by myself listening to podcasts. I've mentioned before, I'm a socially awkward introvert. That's not a g- gag. That's not you know a gimmick. It's who I am. But I'm you know part you know doing that kind of stuff 
helps me engage. Yeah. And so when that's happening in front of you, when I got to sing along, it's the movie crypt, you know, it was so much fun. Um, yeah, it was a great time. So that was definitely, and also make sure with the panic film fest, you know, that is happening here starting January yes. 25th. Yes. And we're going to be all up in it too. <laughs> all up in it to win it there. They've actually put out all the, the short film, uh, of which 42 counts is going to be playing. Nice. Goth gangster princess, Jill Gavargazian. Um, there's uh, going to be a number of films of which, one cut of the dead. I have been told. I need to see. We need to see that. that they like. There yeah. are enough. What's great with the Panic Film Fest is one of the short films from a few year, years ago was Gags. Yes. Which is now making its feature film debut. Right on. It's amazing to see this happen. Um, you get wonderful. The short film showcase is kind of one of the highlights. Mm -hmm. uh, wonderful feature. We've talked several at this point. Low Life. Panic Film Festival, right? Uh, Victor Crowley. One of my honorable mentions, Manor, uh, Mayhem. Mayhem, Mayhem, because absolutely. that's the, because again, talking about talking to Joe and Adam was so much fun. Yeah. That was actually on my list right there. And that's just it. It's having that opportunity. That was probably I know this year we saw. I only saw two films. Yeah, I saw like three. three technically three. It was Low yeah. Life. Victor Crowley and Mayhem. Yeah. Because a lot of the time we were prepping we were, our... We were up doing stuff and And we had around. our first uh, live episode where we did the game show, which I think was a lot of fun. Exactly. And they are kind enough to let us come back and uh, do another live episode here at Panic Fest, which is going to be on January 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are going... And now that we are in the theaters... We're actually going to be doing something a little bit different as well yes, for this year. But also, uh, of the live podcast, there is the horror vir virgin that's going to be playing. Mm -hmm. uh, there is going to be Dark Was the Night. And just recently added the Cult Podcast, which is another local one here from Kansas City. Nice. So you've got movies, shorts, podcasts, so much fun. Go out and mingle. There are going to be so many good films. These, again, these are the films that you're going to be, be able to talk and like brag that you saw so early yeah. on. That people aren't going to hear until like November when they're doing their year end. You're like, oh, I saw that Panic Fest. So make sure to check it out. A lot of fun on that. And yeah, like I said, Movie Crypt Live was amazing for me. So yeah, that was going to, the whole entire festival was my, one of my thing. I Because all these are either fests or events yep. or something. But um, so Panic Fest is great talking to Jonah. And then this one was a recent one, another fest, uh, the third annual Carpenter Fest. This was so much fun and this was i think i had a blast being part of the crowd the crowd at at this festival was one of the best i've seen in a long time and we're actually i'm gonna have us devote an episode to carpenter fest specifically um here here actually within the next few weeks we'll release it because it was such an experience and yes. you, you mentioned it's the crowd yes you've said i can't stress enough the communal experience just that interaction you get just right. that collective and co a fucking badass lineup too this oh. i i didn't think we could top last year last year we did it was escape from new york uh-huh big trouble in little china and the thing they live. Oh no, they live. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because right. we got we started with a little bit of uh, both instances of Russell doing his Clint Eastwood and then his John Wayne. <laughs> right. But this but year, this year, ooh, we went with some good deep cuts. We had a Vanilla Twist <laughs> pew, pew, with uh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen, and then one of your faves, Prince of Darkness, got me disinvited from a party. Come right. on now, and then fucking in the mouth of madness. That was one of the highlights for me because I was so stoked because that movie is grand, and then everybody's like, "Yeah!" The audience was wonderful, and uh, probably three quarters of them were all probably seeing a lot of these films for the first time. Yeah. Yes. Which and they're all Carpenter fans. That's why they were there. Mm -hmm. But that just shows you how deep his canon is for the most part that the 
these hardcore fans. We're seeing a lot of these films. Now, you and I, we've seen these films. Numerous times. And so it's always enjoyable and an experience to experience those films with people for the first time, watching them react. In the theater, in the big grand theater. Yes, which was, and we'll get to an episode of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also, that's kind of one of the things um, I wanted to talk about. One of my favorite things is some of the programming that we've got in some of our local theaters, specifically you guys running Film Club, Mm -hmm. Wednesdays at the Alamo. And then something that I've just been really getting started attending is Terror Tuesdays at the Alamo Draft House. You know, we had Adrian and Amber on. Yeah. Yeah. And through that, and I've been, it's late at night, which is... If I and I'm lucky because I teach on Tuesdays, so I get out around that time. But I don't work on Wednesdays till a little bit later, so I can sleep in because I'm an old man. I need that. <laughs> and so I've been able to attend a lot of these, and because of that, I got to see people under the stairs again on the theater. Probably nice. haven't seen that in the theater since I saw it in the theater. I got to see my first time screening. I got to see Bones. I wish I could have been there. <laughs> Jimmy Bones. Jimmy Bones, that you mind? Why don't you turn around behind you? It was, it was a lot of fun. It was that great. Movie. I love that movie. People get shit that movie. It's a lot of fun. It was a, it was, that was, that's just it. There, you know, there's definitely a crowd that has been cultivated through there that are enjoying a lot of these films. And there's been a really good diverse. In fact, uh, I got to see The Haunting, the original, Ooh. for the first time. Wonderful film. Sam Amory wrote, Ramey owes so much to that film. But the one that really stuck out to me, and is another one that I know you were divisive on, but my the experience of watching Blood Rage. Bah! I mean, like, not bad, because, like, going back the second time, but God damn it, that movie, that first time that I saw that movie, that movie pissed me the fuck off. I had to leave. I was like... It's so much so that when we reviewed it... I would like my apologies to the um, to the estate of Luis Lasser, not Lassiter. Which yes. and it was mm. funny because <laughs> I let you go because I knew you were so riled up, and I'm like, I can't tell if he's messing up her name because he's mad or if she, but I was like, I'm not going to touch it because that's only enrage him more. <laughs> so, but but Luis Lasser kills it in that movie. So totally weird, but mm-hmm. seeing that on the big screen for my first time. <laughs> With yeah. just everyone oh, like, yeah. The, the hebiest of jeebies. <laughs> it was a grand experience. So, yeah, I love all the programming. And then also the Stray Cat Film Fest um, here. The st- I got a chance. We want, They screened Razorback. That's dope. I saw that. And I was like, oh. And I feel bad because a lot of times when they screen, we're usually recording. So it was yeah. the first time to go out and check them out. If you're in the Kansas City area, they're right off of 16th and Broadway. They screen a lot of wonderfully weird films, very in line with a lot of what we do. Definitely want you guys to check them out. It was a lot of fun. They do a pre-show beforehand, which as someone that, you know, is, I loved it. I just kicked back. And I'm like, oh, I could do it. And they played like um, uh because the guy that directed it, Russell McCauley, directed a lot of like music videos beforehand. So they had that. They had like um, Osploitation trailers. And so they stuff. played Total Eclipse of the Heart? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, you would have sung along. Yeah, yeah, I would. Fuck yeah, I would have. But no, check I them really out. I really need it tonight. <laughs> the Psychotronic film series, a lot of fun. Make sure you're checking them out. Another moment there for you. So you touched upon it earlier, Film Club. Mm-hmm. Now, we show some really cool stuff at Film Club. Sometimes it's horror, sometimes it's not. It's just like all over the genre. Right. Now, the only reason why I didn't mention this movie in my 2018, because it came out about a year or so earlier, but it was my first time watching it at Film Club, and it was The Shape of Water. And seeing that on the big screen, it just it just melted my heart. And I was just like... I felt like um, Sally Hawkins. Yeah, no, you you know in that scene in Cinema Paradiso when he's just like, 
<sighs> just like just letting mm-hmm. it wash over him. Wash. Swooning. <laughs> right. Just like swoon like, oh, just like I'm in love. You know, it was just like that. That's a it was a beautiful monster movie. Yeah. Just a beautiful movie. And like. I was just sitting there with my popcorn and sitting there and I just, I was like, this is fantastic. And I was like, this, I was like, this is film club. You know, this is like watching something unique and then talking about it. Del Toro has that ability. That's why he's, I think, kind of an underappreciated filmmaker that we have that's putting out wonderful films. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just, he's in our tour. Yeah. He's in our tour. I mean, he is, he will go down, I think, in the annals of just like, classic directors you know like if you say something like you know back in the day you would say like you know spielberg-esque you know exactly what mm-hmm. it is now you got this new crop you it's burton-esque boom you know what it is but i think del toro-esque for, for us horror fans yeah. we know exactly what you're talking about but he's i think he'll be at that point where you say that to normies and people will get well, it. and that's just it i think this is a film that a number of normies went yes, out to because exactly academy award winner yep. Yep. yeah so it's a monster movie, a fish diddler movie, <laughs> wins an Academy Award. How awesome is that? It's kind of amazing. Sally Hawkins loves fish sticks. That's just, yes, she does, which <laughs> only a handful in the crowd got. But that's the level of, uh, you know, I'd like to say um, discourse you get with one of our live shows. <laughs> now, another one that I really enjoyed here and was the, uh, the comeback, if you will, of Fangoria. Yes. Which I was lucky enough, I went ahead and subscribed. And when I received it, it's, I mean, you've said, and like, yes, it's dope looking, dude. It's wonderful. There's, ah, it's, it's definitely nostalgic. There's no doubt about it. It's a sweet tome. It's straight up, but it's, it's such high quality. The uh, articles are wonderful, uh, featuring a great article by Anya Stanley, who was a previous guest on the podcast. Um, This, the illustrations that go along with it, they do this great history of slashers. Uh, and they've got all these great little illustrations. There's a blood rage thing in there. Um, but it took me a long time to get through all the articles. And it was ultimately one of those things that I was able to, and I'm so happy about this now, is I was actually able to like just take some time and just go through an art- a couple articles a day and just take my time with the magazine and really kind of just actually indulge in it, uh, yeah. really imbibe it, if you will. And it was, it was wonderful. And so the new one should be coming out actually in the new uh, new year. In February, I believe. Nice. Yeah, it's fantastic. So it's good to have it back. Might even maybe see and look if we've got a, maybe an ad in the uh, the classifieds in the back. Yeah, because <laughs> I'd love to do that for Nightmare Junkhead or Nerds. <laughs> for a good time. Yeah. <laughs> 976 <Yeah>. Evil. <laughs> Making uh, sweater vests scary again. So any other one final one on your list? Actually, no, I got two more. Okay. For the top five. Lay it out. Right. Okay. So this one... Um, the Kansas City Horror Club does a lot of stuff throughout the year. They do. They put on Merry Axmas. They put on there. There's a fundraiser. There's movie nights. But they also put on dr- a double feature at the drive-in. And this year they put on um, Night of the Creeps and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And it was cold. It was rainy. It was perfect. It actually played really, and, I, and someone that it was merely in attendance, you know, in attendance, it actually added to the ambiance yes. of the whole. Of, and it was the perfect way to kick off. And you, you look back at the month of October, October and December are actually pretty crazy busy for the both of us. Yes, they are, Just, but worth it. It's I mean, totally, totally worth it. it. Totally. To- <laughs> <laughs> no, but- know who's going on the bumper for this one? Right. <laughs> no, but to see those movies, especially Night of the Creeps, just as it started getting dark and stormy night, you know, it mm-hmm. was it was just 
There was there was something magical about that night. Yeah. I really dug the shit out of it. It was truly, it was definitely magical. Now the magic I experienced, however, and it was multiple times, but this next one, and this was something that I thought I would probably have to travel to attend, but nope, it came over pretty much in the backyard at Screenland Armor. They did a screening of Suspiria, but this wasn't a normal screening. They had Claudio Simonetti. From Goblin, yeah, that was they. He did basically. He did the score, played it live of Suspiria, and then they played a half hour worth of music from his own, you know, from his library. So, and I will say this: this was definitely for me a kind of a once in a lifetime event. Um, You know, we were lucky enough to go see John Carpenter live, Mm -hmm. which was an event in and of itself. Yeah, but you know, when when you get to see though them perform the scores live, you know, with Suspiria, if you look and you think. There's only about three themes for the most part. So there's a lot of repetition. And so when everything started up, it was you had Claudio Simonetti. He had like a three-tier keyboard set up. And then in front of him, he had the Salvador Dali melting keyboard. It just looked metal as all get out. We were joking <laughs> like he only brings that out when he needs to crank it up to 11. All right. They had a percussionist. <laughs> they had an electric bass. And then they had a guitar player that would break out like a little centaur and like exotic guitars and what have you. Mm-hmm. So obviously you'd hear the... And you didn't know how to watch it first. It's like, do I watch the band? Yeah. Do I watch this the movie? Were you like tennis balling it? Just like... Initially, yeah, because it was just so not distracting, but it was almost overwhelming. Right. Because you got this weird ass like Dr. T the Electric Mayhem thing going on. And meanwhile, you got Suspiria. That sounds rad as shit. Well, and so and our buddy Elijah was sitting next to me. And ultimately, it got to the point where I would we were kind of watching to see how they would sink into the movie because there's a lot of the film, there's no score. And when there's no score, they would just kick back and sit down. They had their little, you know, viewer in front of them, but then they'd get up and then on cue, dun, 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 and it was amazing to watch them just sync up with that. But it was, and I was just kind of becoming engrossed in it. But there was a, I think it's called Black Forest is one of the themes from there. But it had the most hypnotic, just the calming effect on me that I became lost in the beat. And it was amazing. It was so surreal and wonderful. And I would just get lost in the bass line. This and I would just and I would just find myself nodding to it. And it was kind of like being lost in Suspiria for the oh, most part. But so rad. that that happened. And then, like I said, he played like half an hour's worth of material. So you would hear demons. Ah, oh. you heard phenomenon. Ah, oh. and. Oh. And it's funny because we were pretty close to the front and I didn't want to stand up because I didn't want to block anyone. But right. I was in so engulfed engrossed in everything. I never bothered to look behind me to see if, you know, anyone else was standing up. But I was straight up just old man rocking in the chair. Air guitar, air keyboards, air drums. It was incredible. And, you know, you're watching this and it's like they're playing Demons. They're playing Tenebra. You know, they're playing Profondo Rosso. All his hits. Mm-hmm. All these just iconic instantly recognizable themes but he's a prog rocker so you know and a lot of those themes are like six minutes already mm-hmm. you add these indulgent crazy musicians and he <laughs> only broke out the salvador dolly keyboard when he did like the half hours worth of material right it was it was incredible if you can check it out please do it is well worth your time ah that was a magical get for kansas city it really and that was the smallest venue they played during the tour uh, yeah, it was. Thank you, Adam, and everyone from Screenland Armor. That was one of my top, definitely top moments this year. Oh, that's awesome. 
my top moment there was no particular order except for my top one and this is my last one um it's not so much a moment it was a weekend uh and it was when uh we went to halloween palooza halloween palooza was so much fun the entire weekend i mean I can't rave high enough. It's been a long time since I had a vacation, and this was like a working vacation. But we got out of town. We had some fun. We had some laughs. We recorded a show. Mm -hmm. We played the game of games. You know, we had buffets all day, yeah. all night. It was amazing. It was so much fun, and it wouldn't have been possible without you. You know what I'm saying? It was just the well, it was you and doing our thing, and and then Baldy, and then we ran into friends, and yeah. it was glorious, such it, a glorious time. We saw a movie, Sinister Two. We never, yep. neither of us have seen. Saw plentiful of shorts. Mm -hmm. it, like you said, it was kind of a working vacation, but it was really nice because, like I, I think we even mentioned it before, they were just they were so welcoming for yes. us, which was amazing. Because uh, ultimately, we it's a we're a podunk podcast at best, at best. See, we ate in a courthouse, and normally we would be we, the court. we, we would eat in a courthouse because we would be coming out, you know, not so much for <laughs> right. fun. No, there is so much to like over in Ottumwa, Iowa. Definitely check it out. I know they will be going again, Halloween Palooza next year. Well worth your time. I, I hope they invite us again because I I would do it because I Even had so much fun. I'd, drive I'd still go it. and do it yeah. because it was so it was that much fun. And it was it was great. It wasn't like crazy, like ah, but we we got to talk to Justin. Yep. We got to like yep. do all sorts of fun stuff there. <laughs> and like it was I could not have asked for a better week. I it was so it was a blast. No, I agree. I agree. It was definitely a, a, another highlight of the year. And it's all about getting out and engaging, which is something that is pretty much new for me. So any little thing like I do like that for me is always a victory. And for that, I say thank you as well for being my partner in crime, for getting me out and engaging with everyone. Uh, and speaking of engaging, you know, that's the one thing I definitely want to say is something that we're appreciative of. And we always kind of joke about our dirty dozen loyal listeners. But, you know, anyone that listens to us, you know, if, if we if you can provide what a lot of podcasts do for me, which is. You know, it gives me an escape. It gives me a chance to laugh. It gives me a chance to feel involved, you know, with share like-minded people. If we can do that for one person, I think that what we do then is worth it. Because yeah. I know for me, it means a lot. Um, you know, there are pod the, the Crab Feast recently just put out their last episode. Man, that was my Tuesday. And it was, it was heartbreaking when I realized they were stopping with that. But they're continuing on, Ryan Sickler and Jay Larson. But that was a loss for me. And that's one thing I don't necessarily think that we'd be a loss for anyone else, but you know that's kind of the motivating factor because it would be a loss for me. Well, that's just it, man. This is I mean, something it'd be that a I'd... loss for me. I'm, I'm, I'm be honest. I'm like just thinking about it. Like, dude, don't you, man? I'm gonna cry. No, like... uh, you didn't see me put the Sarah McLaughlin on in the background. Right. <laughs> the picture of me at Panic Fest with the, in the in the jar. They're like, ah. <laughs> Did that picture ever get out? I think so. I think it got on Facebook, but we got We'll have to put it up on somewhere again. I think I have it. But for those of you who don't, we were getting ready for Panic Fest. Like, <laughs> fucking, there was this cage. For some reason, they had this cage. You, a, a, and we didn't think anything about it. A three-walled cage. And we're like, oh, look, well, it's Panic Fest. Fuck, right? And so, like, I know, I'm like, I got it, right? So I pull up YouTube, and I pull up Sarah McLaughlin, and I get up there, in the arms of the angels. It was effective. I think, you know, the ticket sales were like 50% after that. <laughs> for just 50 cents a day, you can go see a whole bunch of cool-ass movies and help genius get fed that fat ass don't need no more food 
never underestimated it as scientific fact. Uh, but that, and that's the kind of stuff that stems from going out there. And so th- that is also, I'm appreciative of it as well, man. And like I said, when you get older, it's tougher to make friends. And through the podcast, I've made some best friends. I've made acquaintances. I've made, it's been incredible. It's been a f- wonderful journey and a journey that I hopefully is going to continue yes. on into 2019. And that's the other thing as well. You know, there's so much negativity out there now. There's a lot of people that are hurting. So, you know, let's do what we can to put out some positivity out there, man. Exactly. Praise in public, you know, when you can. Put a little love out there. We're going to go all Ghostbusters 2, Scrooged. Right. Uh, you know, Put a little love in your heart. <laughs> it, but all, not to be cheesy, but it's it's true, man. And, you know, like, we do this because it's fun. Yeah. And we're going to continue to do it because it's fun. So if you're enjoying the ride, let us know. Uh, let's get a little bit if of you're community. having fun. Yeah, yeah. Let us know if you're having fun. And we're gonna enjoy we've got so much going on next year. We have our next Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Yes, all ready to go. Which we need to start actually. <laughs> bank, bank, bank. Yep, yep, yep. We've got a few people to make some calls to. Uh we are also obviously we've got our live podcast coming up at Panic Film Festival. Yep, we, and, and we're excited for that. We got um, on our sister nerds and nostalgia. We week, got our like money mystery movie. We got 2019. We pretty it's much be a blast. we've got it kind of uh, mapped out. Hopefully, as if everything doesn't fall, if you know nothing falls through, we've explored the oddly 80s over at Nerds of Nostalgia in 2018. 2019 it's just off the grid yeah it's, it's, every, it's it everywhere it's all you want to be yeah so like no but you know not to ditto greg but like ditto i mean like it's fun i'm having a good time yeah. with you i'm glad if, for those listeners out there if you're digging it i'm glad you're digging it keep digging it keep going out supporting local supporting yep. horror you know what i'm and saying lot, all the local podcasts we have here in the area media rewind horrorversary horror pod class um um, the, who the hell is this for? There are a, a huge number of them. The Cult Podcast, mm-hmm. Dark Was the Night. Listen to them, like them, promote them. They do out some live stuff. You know, a lot of us, we do this because we love it. It's fun. But it's always nice when, you know, you, you can see that people are listening. So yeah. go out and provide, you know, listen to them, support and, them. And uh, go check out this extra special thanks to Alamo. Extra special thanks to Screenland. Indeed. Cade. Indeed. Like, yeah, you guys are aces. Aces. It's like, once again, support local, support horror. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah. Awesome. And if you don't have stuff like that in your town, make the it, word out and make it, it happen. Do it. Don't be it. No, don't dream and be it. So until next time, which will be the year 2019, uh, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Oh,